When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Doug Sprinthal. Co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt Bernard. And Mike Bellina. And we'll be right back. Kick off Hour 1, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. You know who's here? Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Hey, Catherine. Oh, you got to put yes. your headphones on. Oh, real well, I'm not usually part of the commercial. I talk, I talk to the Tour de Cure people. <laughs> They'll allow electric bikes. All right. I'm, I'm in. I'm just kidding. Oh. You should sign up anyway, though. I've only ridden my bike one time, 10 okay. miles. Well, there. You'll be fine. Sarah's going to ride. She's already signed up. And then we're going to go to dinner afterward with Michael Bryant. and. Uh... Yeah. I, I don't know if Mike got that. I, if can I we can bring ride, girls? I saw it. If I can ride two more times, at least two more times, then maybe I'll All be right. able to Ten do miles it. Is a long, it's a long way. Yeah, it is a long way. It's a long way. Yeah. 10 miles. But 26 miles is like really long. Yeah, she's done 500. It's flat, though. Oh, she did a half a century? She did 500 miles. Well, even wow. at, That's a half Wait. A, even half at 100 a miles an hour, that would take five hours. So how do Wait. you do that? <laughs> did she like go on a bike? She didn't do Tour it all thing? in one day. No. Yeah, not all in one day. Oh, not I see. Eight hours. It's like a... It's over a period of no, years. Wait, yeah. a century no, is a yeah. hundred no, it's, ro- it's okay, one ride. Okay, the longer we talk, the later <laughs> the show is going to start. So let's get the commercial <laughs> so done. So let me finish it up. What we're talking about is June 2nd, the American Diabetes Association in Minnesota is hosting the Tour to Cure. Tom and I hosted a team last year. We're doing it again this year. It's super fun. We're riding for 26 miles. You'll be done at noon on Saturday, so it doesn't take all day long. Uh, Michael Bryant will be there signing autographs and riding with the team. And a lot of probably other super famous people. So join the fun. Go to the Tour to Cure website. Uh, look for Team KQ Walzer, and you can sign up. If you don't want to ride, then I will use the guilt shame technique and say just <laughs> donate some money to the team, which is in the same spot. That's the whole commercial. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. And when you feel you can't go on, I'll come and hold you. It's you and me forever. Sarah. 
So what's the significance of this song? Great song. They're in town tonight. Yeah. Oh. Hall and Oates are in town tonight. Yeah. I'm surprised Alex and Dan There's Rasmussen Alex. are not going to Hall and Oates. They're big fans. Alex is here with her. What? Well, well we're going to have to get. Yes. Nick, if, could you move to another day? Sure. I mean, not today. But not I mean, today. Can you move to so with Sunday? Two, would Tuesdays work? Well, Ralph's here, but nobody's here with Ralph, right? Right. It's just Ralph. And Alex doesn't come in on Tuesdays. Can you move to Tuesdays? Yeah. Would well, that be okay? Let me go track down. What's his name? Bill. I'm just going to go grab a chair. Bill the Rocket. Whatever it is. I, mean, I, I got to kick that guy's ass. It's only three days here, and I'm already <laughs> frustrated with that guy. You're getting you're getting into the whole New <laughs> York zone, aren't you? No. Well, yeah. We can what are you just, looking well, at? I'll go get another chair. No, I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> well, how are you going to get around? And then we can share a mic. We can do that. Yeah, we can. No, we, we can figure really it out. We'll be fine. We'll figure Don't it worry out. about it. We just a thing. need another chair. We'll get it up. <laughs> Look at how late Nick is. Well, I'm not going to let her <laughs> stand. Craig, my lady. Are you kneeling? That's very gallant of you. Thank you. Well, why don't we have another mic? We used to have eight mics. What I don't know where they all went. It's a mystery. There's got to be another mic available somewhere. Like I would I said, imagine. I could just go to the grocery store. She That's could just fine. talk in here. They don't have mics there. They don't have mics <laughs> no. at the grocery store. Just lean, in. Fine. lean in. Lean in. It's not that big face. a deal. Lean into my mic. Here, you know what we could do? What? We could put this down there. You guys could both use this, and I'll use yours. That'll yeah, work better, that's that for would sure. work better. Yeah, yeah that'll, that'll work. work better. Is the Wait cord we get long a... enough, though? No, we'll just switch chairs. Yeah, You'll have to. Oh, yeah, that would be even smarter. <laughs> yeah, we'll just switch chairs. That'd <laughs> oh be good. God. You know, honestly, it's a good thing we're in the car business. Honestly, God. Drinking a lot last night, were you? No, and I okay. got my ex. I went bike riding this morning, unlike some people I'm sitting oh, next to. Oh, so you're <clears> depleted. <throat> That's right. My I love this. Spent. I love this. Hold on now. L.A. Nick is there. I thought you fired him as well as that clown Spreewell. Spreewell. Hello, Joe. Now, Melina's leaving, so of course we fired him. Yeah, so, yeah, he's leaving Friday. His last day is Friday, so we fired him yesterday. There we go. All right. Which let's, is good. Uh, All right. Chinese fired Chinese. Like. I, I think that's marginalizing Chinese people. I'm not sure. Way to go. We, we do have another mic somewhere, so we'll get that all connected. So long as we get enough, enough chairs and all that. Yeah, actually, that works very well. Just to line up oh, in a row. Yeah. And what are you going to do for headphones? She can hear us all talk. Yeah, she can hear us talk. Yeah, unless we talk. Yeah, that's true. We don't have a guest on right now. And when we have the guest on, you don't unless usually talk, talk anyway. You don't usually so usually. That'll speak. work. What? For people who just tuned into the show for the first time, we moved uh, we moved studios from one building to another, one area town to another. So we're trying to figure out how. It, see, there's plenty of room for seven people it's if we just get another microphone. Yeah, Bob's Bob's studio is half this size, and he has six people on all the time. So exactly. I think we're okay. So we'll get it taken care of. It'll. We're just trying to figure out. So so actually, Nick, you wouldn't have to switch days. Then. Okay. One so stage is good for me. So. Yeah. So I mean, you wouldn't have switched days then because. As long as we get one more mic and another set of headphones, life is good. I think. Doug, you look like a sports reporter. Yes, that's right. I'm here with <laughs> Michelle Tafoya. <laughs> Wait a minute. She's a sports reporter. You know, speaking of that, I, honestly, God, there is a delay on her signal, and it's just oh, for the morning show? Yeah, yeah so, I listened to it this morning. It was, it was horrible. Yeah. Where I mean, is she it's calling not her from? Her house. Yeah, it's, it's a bad oh. delay. It's really a bad delay, but they won't. They tell me, no, there's no delay. Oh, there yes, is. I'm surprised they don't blame Andy. It's <laughs> Andy's fault. Andy did it. That's all I know. But we don't have the problems that the royal family has. Oh, no. In case you somehow missed the legitimately insane drama, it was recently revealed that, A, Meghan Markle's brother wrote an open letter asking Prince Harry to call off the royal wedding. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> I have a feeling this is going uh, to be it's a... It's not going to last. Not going to be a good wedding. No, I mean, no. a good marriage. not going to be a good marriage. It's just too much. B, Meghan Markle's dad staged paparazzi photos, and C, Meghan Markle's dad was so upset by A and B that he canceled his plans to come to the wedding and is now reportedly in the hospital... Way too oh, much really? drama, man. Way, way, way too much. They already had all this drama. Yeah. Was it Ma- was it Megan's sister wanted 
their dad's photos to be out and he looked at the photos and said that he looked terrible and people were making all kinds of comments about how fat and horrible he looked so then he felt then he didn't want anything to do with the wedding i mean it's i feel just, cheated it's i've been ridiculous. married three times and haven't experienced any of this drama it's all so crazy this sounds great <laughs> this is yeah this i gave him two years i don't even think it's gonna go two years i get the feeling royalty likes attention well that's a possibility well, too well he's he's the odd man out as far as inheriting, so, mm. oh, so this, is, this is his moment oh, yeah, to he's shine. Screwed. He's the yeah. woman's dad? I don't know any other names. Oh, no, Harry is the second son. Yeah, Harry's but the second his son. dad would still be royalty, right? Yeah, his, yeah, his, dad's dad's yeah, his father's the prince, but his, his older brother will end up with... Right. Yeah, but it's weird, because his nephews and niece get the throne before him. So yeah. he's, yeah. A re- he's There's a weird screwed. succession law. Yeah. It's <laughs> he's the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. It's how much royal blood you actually have or something like that, right? I actually care about them as much as they care about me. <laughs> I'm putting my tiara on just oh, now to yes, talk. If you're talk about royalty. Royal well. talk. I'm putting a pretty tiara. princess. Tommy the pretty, pretty princess. <laughs> HRH is reportedly very angry. Her royal highness is what HRH stands right. for, by yes. the way. I just thought I'd let you know. Uh, or his royal highness. Or it could be his. Or his royal highness. But her royal highness is reportedly very angry with Thomas Markle Sr. for selling stage photos of, her, of himself. And honestly, having the queen any level of angry with you does not sound ideal. I'd have to agree with that. We wonder are if he's very related, disappointed. I wonder if he's related to Billy Carter in any way. <laughs> he is kind of the Billy Carter, isn't he? He is of England. There might be a Thomas Markle beer out in the market. <laughs> he kind of, he kind of looks a little bit like him. He you does. see his picture? He yeah. does. He does look a little like like Billy Carter. Same style. (laughs) Lord Chamberlain, Her Majesty, and the Duke are very angry with Meghan's father, a source told British paper The Daily Express, adding that they had intended to address the royal protocol with Markle upon his arrival in Britain. What's more, the Queen and company are worried about Meghan's dad. This news comes on the heels of reports that Prince Harry's taken the blame for what happened. Harry feels guilty that this has happened to someone he loves because they are in a relationship with him. A source told the Daily Mail, he is devastated. He feels like this is another thing in the wake of him, the problems he causes. He feels that anyone who gets associated with his life, yeah, wearing that Nazi uniform, uh, it was not a good idea. Halloween, yeah, that was a bad idea. Let's not put the Nazi uniform on. He thinks that the Markles just have a price to pay because they're in his wake. Yeah. Poor Markles. Yeah. See, you can tell now that the, the world has come a long way because since, uh, no, it's it's Meghan Markle's mother that's black, right? Her father's a honky. Yes. And yes. Uh, the mother's black. Hillbilly honky. Yeah. Is he a hillbilly honky? Oh, yeah. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how's know, there's, a, there's no downside for Meghan. No. Because if this doesn't work no, out, true. she'll be cast in all kinds of things in yep. America. Just oh, yeah. go on the Sarah Ferguson trail and do be, Weight Watchers. She'll be able to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yes. Yeah, Meghan Markle and Weight Watchers. That's right. When I think of Meghan Markle, I think of Weight Watchers. Well, you know, after she gets depressed and then balloons up, then she can go on the tour and do <laughs> Oprah and just all kinds of stuff. I mean, she is a very pretty woman. You can't yes. take that away. Yeah, she she's a good-looking girl. She's very, very attractive. And I, I've never heard her say anything. Does she talk? I don't think I've ever heard her speak. Uh, I think I've heard her say a couple words. Well, she's an actress, though. So she... Yeah. yeah. So, what yeah. was she ever in? Suits. In yeah, Suits. suits. Which was a good oh, show. Oh, I did watch that. It. I don't remember her in it, though. Holy she was one of the God. suitcase girls on Deal or No Deal, and Howie Mandel didn't even know remember her. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, how many thousands yeah. of those have yeah. there been? Yeah, and they all look... Yeah, they are all dressed up And it's Howie same. Mandel. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read He's too worried it. about washing his hands. I'm going to read a story for you. You're picking up pitch like you one time. I'm going to read a story for you that's yeah. going to depress the hell out of you. Oh, good. Uh, Jay Leno got rich by being America's class clown. Uh, I'm going to skip over the part of his net worth. Um, he's still cracking jokes, but now he does it on Jay Leno's Garage, which started as a web series and is now in its fourth season on CNBC, airing on Thursdays. It follows Leno's one true splurge, collecting prized and pricey cars. We talked to him about the money tips he's picked up from his auto obsession, how he started his stand-up career homeless, and the one thing he tells every comic who's trying to make a buck telling jokes, you were extremely scrappy when you started in comedy and leading with my chin... 
Well, he wrote his book called Leading with My Chin because he's got that massive chin, uh, yeah. so that's good. The Dudley Do-Right chin. You wrote about being homeless and telling jokes to police when they picked you up off the street. Yeah, I did. I just got on a plane one day and went to Los Angeles. I looked in the paper for open houses, say from noon to 4, and I would get there at 3.30, and then I would hide in a closet. <laughs> That's really nice. Clever. Place to sleep. So what he does is he lives completely off. He never he has never spent a dollar of his Tonight Show money. Not one dollar of it. Really? He lives off his uh, stand-up appearances, and his net worth is now three hundred and fifty million dollars. I know nice he does gig. a lot of those corporate gigs, and those things do yes. pay pretty well. You fly in, do a twenty-minute set, and get a couple of hundred. You know, it's yeah. not a bad life. Okay, we got to run this by Doug because you're the auto expert here. Um, I know individual cars that I own are worth some money because I've been offered money for them. I bought a McLaren F1 in 1999 for $800,000, but he just got an offer. The last offer, they only built 64 of them. He paid 800000 for it uh, 19 years ago. How much has he been offered for the McLaren F1? I would bet $3 million. I say more. What? You say more? Yeah. I say about $4 million. Okay. Five Maybe million. five. Five. You're kidding. He was just offered $17.5 well, million. <laughs> we missed that one by a country mile. Uh, I would say sell. He does sell have an now. extensive collection of some pretty cool automobiles. Yeah, like hundreds of them. He does, yeah. He has hundreds of automobiles. $17 million for a car. I remember. I, I, I think it was on that. the Tonight Show. They opened with a segment of him driving around in Hollywood in a Stanley steamer. Coolest thing in the world. It's a steam-powered car. Yeah. There's cars that are $100 million. What kind of Talbot, Talbot, $100 million. There's a lot of Duesenbergs, $100 million. Stuart, this old, old Rizzle. Really? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of cars that are $100 million. Sounds like a tax evasion thing to me. Yeah, Nothing like is worth $100 like million. Dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Art. Talbots are art. They can, are complete art. Can you art. write your car collection off somehow? Mm, not really. I wouldn't think you could. What about the depreciation? Well, I think, I, I think does that if stop? you do it right, the... the Appreciate, not depreciate. Yeah, they appreciate. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the McLaren's a great example of that. Oh, what a frozen bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's referring to? I have no idea, but I want to. In 1982, oh the God. week, actually the week the thriller came out, Here. Catherine and I were in Hollywood because I was doing some voiceover and uh, talking to an agent out there about representing me. And so we're out there and we're having a good time. So we go to the comedy store. And there's a, uh, a comedian on stage, and he's just ripping women. Everything is women suck this way and women suck that way and women are horrible and blah, blah, blah. So Catherine, who's had a few cocktails, stands up and goes. We know that's never a good idea. Yeah. Those stand, Russians. Stands up and yells, shut the F up. No, I the didn't. Nice. Get the bricks. No, sick of you hearing said, it. Yeah, you said uh, shut the F up first, okay? No. So I get surrounded by about like four, uh, four uh Security people. Yeah, you can't heckle on the comedy star. No, you cannot. I didn't heckle. You didn't heckle. Go so away. I'm shut the f up. <laughs> so everything sells. I said, look, I'm not going to do anything. You don't have to hang around me. And, and they said, okay, look, you. And they, by the way, said she didn't heckle. She just swore at the guy. So they allowed us to stay. If you'll control your woman. If you'll control wow. your woman. And so the next comedian on stage. This is 82 now. Uh, next meeting on stage is Jay Leno, right? So he comes out and he goes, okay, we're going to do this, that, and the other. Oh, wait a second. Before I continue, lady, the lady that yelled at the last comedian, where are you from? She goes, Minnesota. And he goes, oh, a frozen bitch. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you got slammed by Jay Leno. Anti-women anti uh, comedy store That's all I have to say. You know, the, the, the rule of the comedy store, if you do that and you engage with a heckler, yeah. you have to buy the house a shot. Really? Yep. Well, there you go. That's that, not That bad. didn't happen. That's no. very smart, though. You have, if you, if you engage a heckler, you have to buy the house a shot. God, the, yeah, Catherine's exchange with Jay Leno. I will tell you this about Jay Leno. He's been on the KQ Morning Show several times, and he's a really good guest. Well, in my defense, that comedian <laughs> was horrible. He was terrible. Was he was Do you remember so who it was? Mean. No, it was no I don't remember. It was, probably, it was probably my cousin. 
Was he black? Unless no. you're cutting okay. black. No, I wasn't black. Yeah, he was just he was just one of those. He was just ripping women. He called every name in the book. Richard like, Pryor was. And work. No, Richard Pryor is funny. This guy wasn't even funny. He was not funny at all. He was terrible. Speaking, you know, Jesus just died. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Matter Jesus fact. has been around the comedy store forever since yep. the beginning of the comedy store. Yep. He just he died a couple, a couple five months ago. Well, it's kind of sad. That is really sad, actually. He's the third Jesus this month, as a matter of fact. <laughs> We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020. To RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. Someone's always trying, does my baby crying, talking feelings crying, saying you want to be starting something. I say you want to be starting something, I can't wait to be starting something. Do you think he's in good enough shape? Sarah's pretty fast. Who's in good enough shape? That's all right. Oh, we're just talking. What are you talking about? I said that Dan said that he'll do the bike ride if I'm not having the baby. Oh, if you're not having the baby, yeah. Or had just had the baby. I thought the baby wouldn't do it till the fifth. Have you ever met a baby? They don't really. (laughs) I met a crabby baby this morning (laughs) on the phone. She wasn't crabby. She was was just tired. She was really crabby. She was not crabby at all. She just had her blanket up against her face and was staring. How was that crabby? (laughs) I'll tell you what. I wish I were staying to meet Buck Rasmussen. Buck, Fawn and Buck. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Buck Rasmussen. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry, it's my last week, Alex. You can fire me. Fire me. Sounds like a porn star, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Buck Rasmussen. Buck Rasmussen. And I've heard that joke so many times. So many times. Buck. Sorry. I'm going to start spelling your name wrong. And join the crowd. Doing. I'm taking back the sandwich I made you. Yes. I thought there's just a sandwich store downstairs. What are you doing? She had to get rid of her produce, so I'm getting a sandwich. You're jipping the mud. I had a tomato that needed to be used, so I. So we did get a new team member signed up just two minutes ago. We did. Andy Williams. I don't know. He's a podcast listener, but thank you, Andy. Andy Williams. Is he really? Is he a singer? Room I don't know. River, <laughs> wider than is Andy me? Williams I still alive? I sang that to no. Fawn today. I don't think he is. No. Remember last year what happened was just wonderful. And the guy was just a great guy. But that morning I was ripping the hell out of these two people about, uh, about changing the words to uh, baby it's cold outside. And it was in June, so that was like six months earlier. But I had, I had just brought it up that morning about, oh, my God, I just, they massacred a great song. And they thought the song was sexy, blah, blah. The, the father of the, the woman came up and said, yeah, it's my daughter. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're like you know, great to meet you. And he goes, no, 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 don't worry about it. I'm not mad. And he goes, yeah, I'm hoping she kind of moves on. <laughs> Going through one of those phases. She was just going through a phase. That's it. No problem. After falling out of the Hollywood spotlight relatively earlier in her career, Margot Kidder continued to lead a happy, productive life, appeared in a number of small films advocating for mental health awareness, fighting for political causes, and enjoying small-town living in Montana. 
The actress who died on Sunday at her home in Livingston, Montana, at the age of 69, didn't give a damn about people getting old. Her friend Frank D'Angelo, who directed her in her final film, told People. I think she had enough of Hollywood because in Hollywood, her motto was, when you turn 30 and you don't do stuff with producers, and I'm being cordial here, you're not going to be in any movies. I wonder about that. Several people are asking the question, what was Meryl Streep really doing in Hollywood to have lasted this long? Because they think, you know, because she, remember, she wouldn't go after Harvey Weinstein at first. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Are you saying they were lovers? Ah, maybe. <laughs> That'd I'd be rather an ugly not baby. envision that. Yeah, yeah. those yeah, two yeah, having yeah. a baby. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, those I'm two sorry. having a baby would that was not mean. be mean. Well, come on, she's she settled for Fredo. She dated uh, what's his face before he died. Oh, oh really? she did. Yeah, I think so. What was his name again? Vincent. John Calisi. No. Vincent Co- Vince Vincent Scalise or something like that. Okay. Or yeah. Casal. Vincent Vince Casal. Was that his name? So you can I... act like a man. <laughs> hey, what was that singer's name? Johnny Fontaine. Yep. It was Johnny Fontaine. Because I was telling somebody this morning that a coworker, every time I bring, I bring some up, they go, "Yeah, but I, 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 I feel like saying you can act like a man." <laughs> Do the Marlon Brando thing like he did with Johnny Fontaine. Although you knew the real Johnny Fontaine, I did. And, yeah. Well, yeah. Didn't he gr- call you from jail? He wasn't in jail. <laughs> he was out of jail. But yes, Al Martino did call me one time. Doug, you know this story. No, I've never heard this before. Oh, when I was working at Capitol Records, 1977 is when I started, so his career was still pretty good after, you know, Godfather Mm 1 and Godfather 2 and all that. So he calls me, Tom, Sal Martino. I just want to call you, give you a little warning here. It's just a a flat-out lie. It's never (laughs) happened, but you're going to get calls saying that I was shoplifting. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, they're going to accuse me of shoplifting. It's all a lie. It didn't happen. I never did it, but I just wanted to give you, you know, some forewarning that uh, you're going to get calls saying that I'm a shoplifter, and I'm just telling you, uh, just ignore it. It's ridiculous. It never happened. I said, what would you shoplift? And he goes, socks and underwear. <laughs> <laughs> His lawyer should have prepped him better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. better prepping, please. Uh, better prepping. Um, the A&R guy beat it out of me. I had no choice. <laughs> exactly. Well, by the way, uh, Joe just reported that, that uh, Merrill was doing Harvey. That's what he says. Really? So, there you go. There in any case, uh, Kidder rose to fame in 1978 for her role as Lois Lane in Superman opposite Christopher Reeve. She and Reeve would go on to appear in three more Superman movies together with the final film premiering in 1987, but both had difficulty finding quality work after finishing the franchise. Her struggle with bipolar disorder, which became highly publicized after a 1996 manic episode, left her homeless for a time, also likely contributed to her career's decline. After receiving treatment, Kidder went on to become a lifelong advocate for mental health awareness. She was completely open, D'Angelo said, of her struggles with mental health. She was homeless, and she didn't regret that. To her, it was an experience. I do remember one time they, they, she was hiding out in some bushes, and she was hiding from everyone. I do remember that. Kidder's openness to new experiences could also cause problems later in her life, according to Kara Wilder, or Kara Wilder, actor and co-founder of Bozeman Actors Theater. Oh, how sad is that? The Bozeman, Montana Actors Theater. Well, you know, you know what? There's a lot of uh, art types that settle into Bozeman. Oh, that's kind true. Of a, it's Bozeman's a magnet a, for... Bozeman's an awesome city. For odd, odds and ends, kind of. Except for one thing. Bozeman, Montana is one of the meth capitals of the United States. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. Worse than like Ohio and stuff? Mm, probably right up there shoulder to shoulder. Really? I Worse than Dayton, Minnesota? But I love uh, <laughs> I, lo- I love Bozeman. You get I love, up just in time. Livingston's the best place. The I like Livingston a lot. Livingston, Montana? Yeah. I don't know. where. Where's that? You don't know where Livingston? That's where she died at. Well, well, I know, she died but where is it? Uh, it's, it's a it's one of the major main cities in Livingston. Livingston's a little it's right. It's, it's the mouth of Yellowstone Park. Oh, it's okay. right oh, okay. at the mouth of Yellowstone. I've been Park. through it, then. and it, it is it is a great little city, little town. It I've, really is. I've never been to Yellowstone. We have to get out there. Kathy. You've never been there. I've no. never, You've never been, been to, to Glacier Park. No. Nope. Oh, oh my God. can't take you know seven days people. of rest a week. You guys <laughs> got to go to Glacier Park. Here's the weird thing about Yellowstone. When you get there, it just smells terrible. Oh, You're on yeah. top of an active volcano, yeah. so it just oh, smells yeah. like sulfur. Sulfur, yeah. yeah. Glacier's better. Go to Glacier. 
Glacier is amazing. Amazing. I mean, like little. I've been all over the world, and that place is spectacular. Glaciers. It's a lot like Banff, though. You guys have been yeah, there. Right? Oh, many I mean, times. that's kind of on the just on the Canadian side from Glacier Park. Glacier yeah. Park's just spectacular. You'll have elk walk right up to you, like literally right after put their I nose. That. Oh, it's awesome. Trust me, it's awesome. The Elks Club. Oh, the guys that have the little scooters elk. and the fez. No, that's the Shriners. Shriners. Deer, deer will come right up to you because nobody's hunted there ever in history. Of the world. Oh yeah, they're so they're not afraid they of people. They don't have to thin the herd once in a no, while. No, they're not. It's all federal land. You can't oh. hunt there. No, I have to thin the herd once in a while. But no, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, in any case. While to continue, she didn't live her life terribly carefully, I don't think. She needed to uh, make money in these last few years, so she would go to uh, fan conventions where they paid her a lot of cash to sign things. After recovering from her breakdown in 1996, Kidder began taking on a number of smaller roles in various offbeat projects. I'm not choosy at all. I'll do practically anything, she told the advocate in 2008. That's sad, too. Oh, and then the quote is, I'm the biggest whore on the block. Oh. Hmm. Uh, I think she meant professional. Yes. Yeah, professional. Yes. Not, Let's hope. That's not literally. Uh, she told the advocate in 2008, I'm the biggest whore on the block. I live in a little town in Montana, and you have to drag me out of here to get to L.A., so I'm not readily available, but unless it's something sexist or cruel, I just love to work. She and Carrie Fisher should have had a podcast. They yeah. should have. Absolutely. Would have been pretty interesting. Yeah. That's a great that's idea, the Carrie Fisher, Margot Kidder podcast. <laughs> the Kidder Fisher podcast. It's not cheap to live in Montana, though. So she must have been making some money. Um, I'm, yeah, I think they probably do get to that. I've done all sorts of things, but you just haven't seen them because they're often very bad and shown at four in the morning. <laughs> she made a total of five films with D'Angelo, including her final film, 2017's The Neighborhood, and 2016's The Red Maple Leaf, which featured a star-studded cast, including James Caan, Chris Christopherson, and Mira Servino. Everybody on the set loved her. Everybody gravitated to her, D'Angelo told people. Outside of acting, Kidder continued to be politically active throughout her later life. She was the Montana State Coordinator for Progressive Democrats of America. God, I thought for sure she'd be a Republican. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I thought for sure she'd be on the Republican side of things. Uh, she and dozens of other protesters were arrested while protesting the Keystone Pipeline. That's right, yeah, down, right down the block. She was a vocal supporter of Bernie Sanders' presidential bid and hosted a dinner event by the Yellowstone County Democrats in Billings, Montana, titled Billings for Bernie. When Hillary Clinton was chosen as a Democrat's candidate for president in 2016 Democratic National Convention, she wrote, I am not an American tonight. I reject the words I voiced at my citizenship ceremony. Because Kidder was born in uh, Canada, of I didn't course. know that. I didn't know that either. And she was a Canadian. She did become an American citizen in 2005, though, but, but not that night. Bernie should have been the guy. We were very politically active, so we had uh, that in common, Wilder told people. She absolutely led an un unapologetic life. She had no qualms about being who exactly she was, saying things very much out loud wherever she was. Wilder noted that Kidder also went to Standing Rock in North Dakota, where she protested the Dakota Access Pipeline. This woman, who was that old, that old? She yeah, was only crazy. 69. Yeah, old. In you Hollywood, know. that's ancient. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose women, that's especially. true. That's wow. probably what's true. <laughs> Joe's on fire today. Remember when I said I'm the biggest whore in town? Uh, Joe sends me, that's what Merrill said to Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently nobody's paying attention other than Doug and uh, I got Nick. it. I got and, it. You know, I was watching New Girl last night, and they had a bit character on... And he introduced him. He was a uh, uh, publisher, and his name was Merle Streep. <laughs> his name was Merle Streep? Yeah. And Nick goes, it's a crappy name. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that I've completely me. cut television out of my life. You know, you and everybody else. I don't watch it at all. Zero. Really? Absolutely zero. He's all not right. talking about, like, online watching television. He means, like, he just doesn't watch he it. He doesn't watch it at all. Yeah, zero. No, I understand that. Absolutely. Absolutely zero. You know, I talked about that a little bit on the morning show today, that the television is going to have to wake up. Broadcast television, ABC, NBC, CBS. You know that Fox does not have one show in the top 20? Not really. No. Nope. You know why? CBS has the most. CBS is killing. There's a reason why Fox has nothing and CBS has everything. Because CBS appeals to a very old audience. Yeah. That's who and, watches TV. Yep. And that's who watches TV. And yeah. Fox has very young shows like New Girl. Very, very. But don't young they have young. The Simpsons still? Nobody Simpsons watches not the Simpsons. Okay. Not it in the top twenty. It isn't. Wow. Nope. Okay. 
But so Fox has a bunch of shows that are very good shows, but nobody watches them it, because people that the, age don't the watch The top them. show, I think, is CIS or something because old people watch it. And CIS, <laughs> that's exactly right. And CIS because my hey, parents watch it. I have Phelan McAleer here. Oh, you do? Okay. Phelan. Okay, great. One moment. Oh. Hello. How are you doing, Phelan? Good, good. Who's this? This is Tom. Hi, Tom. I was going to say I was somebody else, but I decided <laughs> not to go that route with you, Phelan. <laughs> Philem, what kind, what kind of what kind of name is is yours? Philem, is it McClear? Irish, Irish. It's Irish. McClear. Where in Ir- Where in Ireland? Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Oh, in Northern Ireland. Okay. We used to host children at our house a couple of years uh, back. Uh, we would host children at our house during the marching season. It was interesting. Oh, very good. Yes, yes. yes. Refu- genuine refugees. Yeah. Well, absolutely. That's that's the situation. So you, your your first name is pronounced Phelim. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that I got it right. You know, I don't want to mess things up because, you know, we like to kick things off on a on a good note. That's all I have to say. Yeah, the cal- I'm having a real hard time bringing the calendar up tonight. Oh, here we go. I can view the calendar right now because I want to get all your information up the way it should be. Uh, it's a new play. So is this live? Oh, it no. is live, sir. You're absolutely right. It is indeed. The play is called 18, The $18 Billion Prize. This new play exposes how environmentalists carried out the world's biggest fraud, how the media helped promote the fraud, and how they almost got away with it. The play called The $18 Billion Prize will open at the Phoenix Theater in San Francisco. Uh, as a matter of fact, it opens in three days, correct, Phelan? That's correct, yeah. yeah. Previews are on Friday night, opening night, and Saturday night, and then we're off to the races. All right, instead of reading it to the folks, I would like to hear your description and your take on this whole situation, the $18 billion prize. Philem McClear. Philem, uh, we're going to take a very can, – can you hang in there for about two minutes? I'll be right back with you. And then I want to hear your take on this whole $18 billion Great. prize. No Thank you, sir. Back in two minutes with Philem, Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well – I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. How magnificently we will fold. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Molina, because it's he's only got two and a half days left because we fired him. <laughs> Playing all this kind of sad music now. But well, he's Fila a fellow uh, Northern Ireland, or Northern Irish. That's true. Fila McClear with us, ladies and gentlemen. The $18 billion prize uh, it debuts in just three days. Fila, uh, where did this all begin? Well, it began like a lot of things in the rainforest in Ecuador. Um, um, actually, it began on Netflix too. <laughs> so this was a this is an ongoing lawsuit. You know, an environmentalist lawyers, a New York lawyer, 
sued Chevron, the world's biggest oil company, polluting the rainforest, destroying the rainforest, destroying the natives, causing cancer. You know all the things. And then they got $18 billion. That's $18 billion with a B, uh, the largest civil uh, uh, prize ever, the largest civil settlement ever. And uh, then the lawyers were looking at a documentary that had been made about this uh, show, about this lawsuit, and suddenly they realized there was a different version of the documentary on Netflix, one that showed uh, the negative side to the lawsuit. And uh, they suddenly realized there were two documentaries, one negative. They, that allowed them to go in, seize all the tapes, seize all his documents, seize all his private diaries, because Ooh. he was behind the, 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 the other version, the Netflix version of the documentary showed him being up to no good. And they uncovered a fraud. He paid the judge. He bribed the judge in Ecuador half a million dollars. Uh, he wrote his own judgment. It's the biggest. They, it was so bad they were able to take him under a, a RICO case in New York. Normally, RICO was for conspiracy by mobsters. Right. Oil company. Yeah. Go ahead. No, as you say, right. Yeah. The, the, the RICO is. Uh, yeah. That's that's for mobsters only. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So they took him under a civil criminal conspiracy. And they won, and uh, you know it's 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 the world's biggest fraud. How he almost got away with, how the media promoted it. By the way, he got massive, you know, million-word articles in Vanity Fair. I'm, I'm exaggerating slightly there, but you know, you know those big articles you get in Vanity Fair with the sure. photographs. Yeah, and you know he he got was on 60 Minutes. He you know all New York Times, the whole shebang. They've been very very quiet. So this play is based on the courtroom documents, on the courtroom testimony that exposed the world's biggest fraud. Uh, throw in a bit of Hollywood celebrity as well, because Mia Farrow went down, Danny Glover went down, Sting went down, Trudy Styler, his wife went down to support the poor natives. And let's just say, according to Donzinger's private diary, they didn't behave so well. In fact, they very much misbehaved. Yeah. Well, I... uh, so, there's a few sexual shenanigans in the jungle of Hollywood <laughs> celebs. Feel them? There were sexual misdealings with celebrities down in the Ecuadorian jungle. I think that's hilarious. It's yeah. Why? them what? I've never understood this, and, and you know, the, the Sean Penns of the world and all that. All of a sudden, uh, something happens in, in Haiti, and there's uh, Sean Penn rowing a rowboat in the ocean. I, what is that? Is it just, are they trying to just bring attention to themselves? Is that what that's all about? I think it's all about, it's, a lot of it's about anti-Americanism. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, it's always America to blame. Uh, whether it's an American corporation or American politics. It's never, it's never the bad politics in the country they go to. Uh, it's never a bad culture in the country they go to. It's never, uh, you know, it's never socialism. It's never these communist countries. You know, it's always American interference, American politics, American corporations. You know, so also, you know, I think they're yearning for a simpler life. And boy, they can go there and get the simpler life for a few weeks or a month or two. But it's vacation, you know. They wouldn't live there. They wouldn't They wouldn't want their kids to live there. They wouldn't want their mother to live there. Uh, you know, they're all for sustainable energy and green energy, but they would never have their kid go to a hospital uh, and have an operation in a, in a hospital run by windmills or powered by solar panels. No way. But they're quite happy to inflict that on the poor people of Ecuador or Haiti. Yeah, that is interesting. Now, are they doing the same thing, you think, now in Puerto Rico because of the hurricane? Yeah, it's, you know, they're, they're so upset about Puerto Rico because they want to make it um, uh, an anti-Trump thing. And, you know, Puerto Rico was a basket case before the hurricane. <laughs> you know? it, it is. I went there. That's a shithole. <laughs> yeah, not great. Well, La Perla. I love the fact that in Puerto Rico they call the biggest, biggest ghetto on the island the Pearl. I think that's hilarious. Philem, how, how did you get involved with all of this? Well, I'm a journalist, you know, and I just always have an interest in, in crime stories. Always, uh -huh. always wanted to do crime stories. Uh -huh. So I saw this story. I went to the court case in New York, saw all the saw all the corruption, saw all the documents, and thought this is a story that needs to be told and it can be told on stage because it's got all the elements of drama, you know, corruption, uh -huh. the rainforest. You know, it even had a bit of Barack Obama thrown in. So. Uh, you know, so I just thought it had all the elements. I, I thought I'll, I'll put the play on in San Francisco in the Valley of the Beast. Uh, Amazon Watch, <laughs> that was very much involved in this. They're based there. I thought maybe they'd come to the play. They haven't responded to my emails. Mm. Um, I don't know why. So 
I mean, but, uh, you know, of course, the mainstream media is doing their best to try and ignore this. So I'm crowdfunding it uh, and uh, trying to, you know, go around the theatrical establishment. But, of course, the theatrical establishment, they don't want the truth told. So no publicist in San Francisco will work with me, no lighting designer, mm-hmm. nothing. But, but the play is going to go ahead. Uh, uh, we've had some very generous crowdfunders, and uh, it's been great. Do you still need people to reach out to you, and how, how, how do they reach out to, to you if they want to? They go to chevronplay.com. And uh, you know, you know, and there, there you can buy a ticket. You can buy a script as well. You can also buy my favorite rewards, crowdfunding. My favorite reward. You can buy uh, the private diary, the Donzinger diary. So I'm going to print up Donzinger's private diary in leather, bound it in leather. It's an old-fashioned explorer's diary of how he went there and went mad in the jungle. And you know, and literally in the diary is things like, you know, he uses code words. Uh, to describe his bribery, the chef will not be paid unless we put ingredients in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Feeling, could I ask you a question? As a, you know, I was I was born in Minnesota, raised in Minnesota, but I've lived in Chicago and Florida and New York and lived. I never I never lived on the West Coast, but I've lived pretty much everywhere else. Why do you think it is that right now, to me, it would appear that? There's an all-time height in the uh, Americans' hatred of themselves. Why, why do Americans hate America so much, do you think? I think because they're too wealthy, you know? Oh. I think it's, it's, only, it's only the thing that you can do when you, when you, when you have nothing else to worry about. You, you feel guilty about your, your wealth and your convenience and your, and your white privilege, I suppose, or whatever it is, it is this week. You know, I think it's... it's, it's they feel guilty and... Uh, they somehow also think that their their comfort means others' discomfort. Right. Uh, you know, and and it doesn't. But it's very hard to explain that to them. Uh, that that if only people would adopt the American system, uh, that they too. I mean, China did it. India did it. They introduced capitalism. They brought 200 million people out of poverty in 10 years. It's the biggest uh, uh, movement from abject poverty to to middle class living in the history of the world. And it was all by these countries adopting market forces, and you know that's what you do. You don't you don't attack America. You you export American values. And will will the will the world be receptive to that? Do you think? Uh, well, I think America needs to be receptive receptive to it. Right. First, you know, I think right. you know we need to cure it at home. Uh, you know, we need people need to say that that. That this that America is the best chance for America and the best chance for the world, and I think that was what attracted me to the play as well was that these people are going there. Uh, you know, Ecuador, the, the oil company, brought medical clinics, it brought technology, it brought wealth, it brought prosperity, um, and when they left, the state-run oil company took over. And, you know, they never sued the state-run oil company, even though they've been working there the last 20 or 30 years. So they never sue the government of these countries for damaging their own citizens. They're always trying to find the American villain. And, uh, you know, and as, as we say in the blurb of this play, in this David versus Goliath fight, what if David is the villain? Yeah, it, it, it just amazes me. Just, you know, as a, uh, Philem, let me ask you, as a journalist yourself, uh, why, why is it, and it doesn't matter if it's radio or television or the newspapers or whatever. The so-called, because everyone likes to call themselves a journalist now. Whether, as I said, radio, television, newspaper, everybody calls themselves a journalist. Why do you think it is that when, well, in this story in particular, um, the same media that reported endlessly on the so-called pollution went pretty quiet when the case turned out to be a fraud. Why don't journalists ever have to answer for what they say, what they write, what they do? Because, yeah, a good question. I mean, you know, because I suppose you have freedom of the press in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I mean, environmentalists never have to answer either. I mean, you know, that, no, remember that thing no. used to, people used to have, have on the wall, you know, love means never having to say you're sorry. Being a journalist means you're never having to say you're sorry. Being an environmentalist means you never say, have to say you'll be sorry. So you can come up with all the ludicrous claims, all the false claims. The media can report them. A year or two later, they're just proven to be wrong, and you come up with another claim, and the media treats you seriously again. How, how many times do you have to make a false claim before the media will go, we'll actually report, well, this guy made several false claims before. Can we trust him? 
Yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard that, as a matter of fact, in my entire life, where they said, no, you know, I guess we were wrong. Yeah, yeah. Or he's been wrong before. We should take, treat this with skepticism. No, no, no. We'll just treat it as if treat an allegation as fact. I, uh, I've had, because, you know, locally, I'm, I'm pretty well known in the state of Minnesota. I've had people say things about me on television news programs that were flat-out lies, and mm-hmm. I would call them on it. They never had to apologize for any of it. They just ignored me. It's amazing. Yeah. You just lied flat out about what you said on television, but they never have to go on TV and say, you know, that uh, actually, that was not accurate. Yeah. I, yeah. on the other hand, on, on my morning radio show and on this radio show, if something, there's, there's a misstatement on this show, I do go on here and say that that was not correct. And either we'll apologize for that or we certainly didn't know it was not correct. I never hear anybody else do that. And I think that's a big part of why you doing a play like the $18 billion prize is very important because you said, no, this is this, the whole thing was a fraud. This was not right. And nobody, I, I'm sure that Mia Farrow and Sting and Danny Glover aren't standing up and saying, hey, this is all BS. It never happened. Yeah, no, they're not. No, they're not. And, uh, you know, I think we need to, we need to call them, you know, so, so much for brave journalists. Why aren't they calling at Sting's door? Sting's a multi-millionaire, maybe a billionaire at this stage. Why aren't they calling at his door saying, why did why did you do you not agree you got this wrong that this guy's a fraudster and are you going to condemn him? Do you just you know that famous word? Do you disassociate yourself from this person? You know, I mean, if some guy in a, in a town in in Alabama says something outrageous, they go to Trump and say, "Will you disassociate yourself?" And he's going, "I've never heard of the guy, but you have to disassociate yourself." It's like Sting had a concert for this guy. Will you now disassociate yourself from him, please? You know. It amazed me. Feel them. I, I, I just, if you're ever in the Minnesota area, we got to get together and grab a little lunch or something. You're my kind of guy, I'll tell you that. I really admire what you're doing. I admire the fact that you and Jonathan Leaf wrote uh, the $18 billion prize in just a few days. It debuts. We, we need a lot more people like you that will stand up and say, hey, you know, this is the truth. This is, that didn't happen. This did happen. I really admire you, Feel them. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. Well, anyway, people need to go and... Help me out to make sure that the theatrical establishment, the cover-up stops here. Chevronplay.com. Go there and help us out. Well, thank you very much for your time today. See, See you in Minnesota. Minnesota. I'll look, I look forward to it, sir. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, great. Thanks. Phelan McClear, ladies and gentlemen, the play is called the, the $18 billion prize. Why do you think it is that it's okay for, for radio and television and newspapers to say whatever they want? doesn't have to be true. They can just, they can just damn someone. It's all, completely. it's all about ratings and money. It is, isn't it? And it's all politics. they care. Sensationalize everything. Yep. I'm interested in why he went to the play format and not to a doc format or a film format. Why, why, brought, why you know, a live play? Because no one would, uh, he apparently tried and no one would do it. They said no. But live plays are hard work, man. Oh, they are hard to really put hard. On. It costs just as much money to do a live play as it does a documentary. I mean, it does cost a lot of money. It's a lot of work. But I love the fact that a, that a tough guy from Northern Ireland has to step up and go, you know what, you're all wrong. This is ridiculous. And you were talking about Sean Penn. What was, like, Sean Penn, I don't even understand. Like, what was him when, with the whole El Chapo thing? Like, <laughs> no, what was meet that? With El Chapo. Like, what, what was he even thinking? I know. He's hanging out with El Chapo. I, I, I'm so confused over that still. Hanging, I watched a, that whole thing. Yeah, and, I did too. And, and I'm still confused. Like, I what was the point? Couldn't agree more. He was emulating a, a Dennis Rodman. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's what it was? What a bunch of lunatics. I, I just, the whole thing is just so disgusting to me. I just. I think in the end, though, Dennis, Dennis Rodman going to North Korea actually did some good. R- really, what exactly? Well, he brought some Western stuff to, to North like, Korea. Like what? Let them see things that they wouldn't have. After that, he be, uh, he became the number one buyer of Hennessy in the world. Really? Yeah, it's fact. North Korea is the number one buyer of Hennessy in the world. That was after it. Dennis Rodman went to North Korea. We will be back in just uh, a few minutes with Hour 2, Tom Bernard Show.